Okay, this is another Conquer chat, and we're going to be talking with my friend Tara Newberry. And um, the last Conquer chat that we had was talking about fear and anxiety. And today we want to talk about Tara's story, which can bounce right off from that because Tara was pregnant with, was it your third child? Mm -hmm. Robert. With Robert, her third child, who actually just turned 14. Is that correct? He turned 15. He turned 15. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. I've known him since he was so little. It just, it, it seems quick. crazy that he'd be 15. But um, Tara was diagnosed. Could you tell our audience who, what you were diagnosed with at that well, time? Well, you know, I, I was just thinking this morning. You know, yesterday was Rob's actual 15th birthday. Wow. And I always become really nostalgic on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, because I can remember the day he was born, he was induced. Mm -hmm. I had so much pain during that time. I didn't even know I had cancer. I didn't mm -hmm. know I had cancer at this mm -hmm. point. And I was just in so much pain, coughing, that type of thing. Um, and my regular OB wasn't in. Okay. So I went in and the doctor said, I don't know what this is, but you're obviously in a lot of pain. You're a month early, but I'm going to go ahead and induce. And so they did, and uh, it wasn't, it was 10 days later I actually found out I had cancer. So 10 days after Robert right. was born, you just knew that you were in a lot of pain. And okay. we have pain when we're in, when right. we're pregnant, but that was a totally different type right. of pain for you. Well, Travis and I, we got married in 97. Okay. So we'd only been married six years mm -hmm. when I, I was 26 years old. And uh, I was I was pregnant with Robert. We knew that, but the pregnancy didn't seem normal. And it I was in a lot. I was sick, but it was a different way. It wasn't like morning sickness sick. Mm -hmm. It was just something just wasn't right. Yeah. And I I had never had this OB before, mm -hmm. this obstetrician. And he said, well, all pregnancies are, pregnancies are different, but you know your body exactly. You know when something's not right. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying, something's not right. I'm way too fatigued. And I was working. Mm -hmm. I actually was uh, working with disabled adults. Mm -hmm. And just, just to give you a little back info, I would work from 7.30 in the morning until 4.30. And then Trampas, my husband, would bring the kids to me, Hannah, and Trampas sleep. And he would go to work. So mm -hmm. we had somebody with them all day. Right. Of course, Hannah was in elementary school at the time. So we thought we had the perfect setup. Mm -hmm. You know, we, of course, the Lord knows what He really has plans mm -hmm. for. Exactly. Uh, yes. But, yes. you know, we, we got pregnant um, with Robbie. Didn't know I was sick. Uh, and and I, I probably was sick before I ever got pregnant, just mm -hmm. what I had to have been. Yeah. But once I started having symptoms, uh, it started out just this. Feeling something wasn't right. Yeah. And you, like you said, women, we know our bodies. We know when it's just, okay, we're sick. But then we know when it's more than, okay, Absolutely. we're just sick. And if you hear uh, a dog barking in the background, a couple of girls uh, screaming and laughing, <laughs> that's our children. We are mothers. Um, we're not in a professional studio. We're sitting here at Tara's kitchen table with actually a beautiful view of the country from their home. They actually have a really beautiful home. God's blessed them with. But um, I asked my friend to share her testimony. As you can already tell from what she had been talking about, she was diagnosed with cancer. 
and they found out, did you say, 10 days after Robert was born, their third child, who is now 15. And what type of cancer were you diagnosed with? I had stage four lung cancer. Stage four lung cancer. So we're not even talking about a little tumor. We're not right. talking, even though a little tumor is bad, but sure, we're talking sure. way beyond the progression of this cancer had just taken over. Did it take over uh, just one part of your lungs? Was it both parts or? Well, they knew at some point that I, I, after I started having all these symptoms, I got shingles, I had the flu, I had mm -hmm. fatigue, I ended up quitting work. Uh, my sister was pregnant at the same time I was, and she has a daughter that will be 15 in July, 17th wow. on the same day, four weeks after Robert. Wow. wow. So That's crazy. We, um, you know, we did everything together, and I tried to go on what, what was normal because you know, I wanted it to be normal. Sure. But with all the pain before he was born, and that May, he was born in uh, June. Mm -hmm. In May, I had transfused take me to the ER. I didn't understand why I was coughing so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went in, and they did see a quarter-sized spot on my left lung. Um, they did a CT scan, said it was pneumonia. Sent me home on IV antibiotics. And had the nurse somehow come in and change it out. Mm -hmm. Of course, I never got better. It wasn't pneumonia. Yeah. Um, and and just trying to raise kids during that time, not knowing what was going on. Hannah was five, and Trampas Lee was three. And so, you know, I would carry my IV around on a coat hanger, <laughs> you know, and try to take care and of And anybody him. that knows you knows that's exactly <laughs> how it was. You just trucking along doing what needs nothing, nothing, literally nothing stops right. you. When, you Tara's, know, when Tara's focused, she's focused. <laughs> and you know, you have to tuck your children in at night. Yes. And you have to feed them mm -hmm. and you have to pick up their toys. That's just part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I can remember the pain of leaning over trying to tuck mm -hmm. them in and crawling to pick up their toys. Yes. You know, that's what you do. And then I have mm -hmm. a husband, mm -hmm. and he worked till 1 in the morning, and he would come in, you know, and mm -hmm. we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Well, so we went on after that, you know, and I just kept hurting and kept coughing, and it got worse and worse and worse. And like I said, I finally went into the doctor in June, and they induced the labor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my one of the things is his, his labor, I don't really remember. I was so sedated. Yeah. And, you know, my mother-in-law just mentioned the other day how, which she remembered hearing me coughing from the hallway, just trying to give birth. And they still didn't know what it was. You know, they were treating it as pneumonia, looking at it, but still didn't know what it was. So mm -hmm. I went on, you know, my sister had a birthday, June 25th. I took her and me and my niece went to see her and took her, her birthday dinner and I got home and called Trampas. I said, I can't do this anymore. We're going to have to go to the hospital. I can't imagine. I remember walking in, but I don't remember leaving. So that was when they looked to see, and that little quarter-sized spot had grown to the size of a grapefruit in my left lung. So when they first found it, it was a quarter-sized tumor. Which they didn't call it. And they called it pneumonia. Right. And by the time they actually came forth with a diagnosis of it, it was stage four. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how just missing one thing like that completely can change the whole dynamics of the situation. Um, Tara, at this time, were you and Trampus 
in church as strongly as you guys no, are now? No. Okay. You know, we were both saved as children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're saved as children and then your life comes, your mm -hmm. life happens. You start adulting. <laughs> well, actually, our childhoods weren't um, our parents separated. And, you know, our grandmother, uh, his grandmother was the primary source of his salvation mm -hmm. as far as leading him to Christ. Yeah. And, you know, mine was my mother, but it was before her and my dad split. Yeah. And then life changed and we moved on and we weren't living like we were saved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but whenever we got pregnant with Hannah, we were like, we have to go to church, but it's for the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's for the kids. Yeah. So we were, we were in church, but our faith was still like a babe in Christ. Mm -hmm. We we never grew past mm -hmm. our childhood salvation. Mm -hmm. When did you guys finally say, okay, it's time to give everything to Christ? Was it at the point of diagnosis? Was it during you um, recu recuperating? Um, at what point did you guys finally say, hey, we, we've got to do this for more than just the kids? Well, his story isn't mine. Let's talk about yours then. Well, what happened with me is I, I didn't want anybody to pray for me. Mm -hmm. It scared me. I thought that mean I, meant I was dying and I had no no chance. I can see I can see where you're coming from with that being sick with something that does it does kill right. people. I, I thought okay, right? They're they're only going to pray because they know I'm going to die. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was very bitter at this time. I, I was very bitter because I knew I had, I didn't have time for cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's just my nature. Yeah. It, it was an inconvenience. Mm -hmm. I, I was hurting, yeah, sure. But, you know, I had a five-year-old getting ready to be six. Mm -hmm. I've been planning a birthday party for over a month. Mm -hmm. I had a three-year-old that I still rocked to sleep at night. Yeah. You know, what was I supposed to do? And a newborn. Yeah. So I was very bitter and harsh. I didn't want anybody to pray for me. I don't remember a whole lot of time in the hospital mm -hmm. down here because once they saw how bad it was, my family decided to send me straight to the Marquis Center, to the Marquis Center in Lexington. And so did you go through treatment for it there? I did. Um, and I guess the thing was, in terms of Christianity, I was so bitter, I, I was just blocked off from it. So at this point, people going through this, that they are feeling bitter and everything, that's totally normal. They're not by themselves and feeling the bitterness. And it's not something that, you know, it's like, oh, I had joy through it all. I yeah, knew. Yeah. It's real. It's a real thing that people go through. And I think sometimes they look in the mirror and they feel like they're a failure because they don't feel joy. They don't understand why it's happening to no, them. No, it was awful. I, I didn't, I mean, I, have, I just I had a family to raise. And I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't want that right then. But, you know, the oncologist I first had at the market, she's a woman. She wasn't a whole lot older than I am now that I look at it. And she cried. Oh, wow. And then I was, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want my doctors to cry. They needed to be professional here. We didn't have time for emotion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not human. You're a doctor. Stop right. it. Snap, we snap out of it. Get it together. <laughs> and, you know, she said to me, after all the tests, all the blood work, all the scans, everything I did, she said, you know what? Then we're going to bring you to the brink of death. Hmm. We're going to give you this chemo. Chemo. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it was uh, controversial at the time, but I was young. Yeah. This case was out of the box. Mm -hmm. They couldn't get a good biopsy because my lung kept deflating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just went on with those treatments. 
And I would go in for a five-day treatment. I would walk in and leave in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go home. You know, I wanted to take care of my home and family. Mm -hmm. But until it was time to go back again, you know, they told me not to change Robert's diaper because I made to be susceptible because of a lower immune system. I did it anyway. Mm -hmm. That's my baby. I'm going to change his diapers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just... Family was great during that time. Coming and staying and Mm -hmm. taking Hannah to cheerleading practice. By the way, Hannah and Gracie looks just like her with lighter color hair. She's starting to. They have a a fourth child. The story didn't stop with just Robbie. They have a fourth child that's actually my daughter's age, and they played volleyball together, and this... She is a force to be reckoned with. I can't oh imagine the world without a Gracie oh Newberry. I mean, she's just one of the most amazing, tough, um, fear. She's fearless. She's fierce. Gracie is literally a tornado waiting it to happen. And yet she has the softest heart. In the middle of the tornado, there's the eye of the storm. That's Gracie's well, heart. You know, she was the time that was given back to me mm-hmm. because I couldn't take care of Robert. Yeah, and he's such a great kid. I love yes, that. He's kid. a great boy, and but he struggles with this story, mm-hmm. you know. And because the pregnancy uh, hormones fueled the cancer, it made it grow quicker. So I, I went through the chemo, like thirty-five treatments, I believe, of uh, going in and out, in and mm-hmm. out, in and out, and it did. It shrank at one point, um, but it grew back. And they decided at that point it was basically palliative care after that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having it. I could feel my body dying. And, you know, I guess that's the thing is it's like the only thing I could akin it to is you're losing a virginity mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. You don't, you no longer have this illusion of life never ending. Does it feel like it's just taking that pureness, naive, the naivety of life? Exactly. Actually facing mortality and realizing, okay. Absolutely. And to realize that nobody can do it with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in this world that can step into the next life with you. Mm-hmm. You are completely alone in that. That's a very good point. I think we forget that. Sometimes when we're working for this and working for that, we forget the fact that nothing, not even another soul will stand with us before the Creator. It's it's just it's us, us and Him. And I think that's when my uh, walk with Christianity changed. Mm-hmm. I had left the hospital after that first, di- well, first diagnosis, actually. And people had given me gifts and books and candy for my dry mouth after chemo Mm -hmm. and, you know, all kinds of things. But my grandmother had sent a book that my uncle had given her, and it was different verses. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I've I've heard the Bible online, but it was like a new discernment Mm -hmm. was there. And I can remember reading those random verses and saying, Travis, did you know this was in the Bible? (laughs) You know, hey, listen to this. This is crazy, you know. And I had got, I had a little message Bible that was new. And so I read that thing and marked it up. And it was just amazing to me what actually was in there. So I started that. And um, that really, that really started changing my heart. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I was 
I don't know. My outlook was still bad. I was still bitter. I was still scared. But it was a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. When something's under pressure, it's not like the outlook's really good anyway. You know? It's it's um, just it's a bad view right. all around. But you heard the old saying, without pressure, there's no diamonds. Absolutely. And just looking at you and Trampus now, knowing you guys, my husband worked um, side by side with Trampus for three years or so mm -hmm. coaching and coaching can bring the worst out in a man or a woman I'm telling you but Trampus was like a grape when you squeeze a grape you get grape juice mm -hmm. that's what comes out and Trampus was like that with his coaching and everything what we saw from you guys was nothing but integrity and love and unconditional love and um, it's amazing going back words in this journey sometimes it's good to go backwards just to remind us how we got where we are now right and just listening to this it's nice the fact knowing um just listening to you give advice to kids that are talking to you or like if dusty and i were going through a hard time your encouragement when like when he was coaching and different things like that and um you guys had come and you'd helped at our church for a few months mm -hmm. you guys had helped us there um and just watching y'all's love for people and the way people responded to you, you would never think Tara has walked the road of bitterness. You would never thought Tara's walked the road of impatience with God. Tara's so patient with God and with oh, people. No, not even. <laughs> this gives people going through this permission. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes oh, we I don't give it. ourselves permission. You know, and people will tell you to have feelings. People will tell you, "Oh, be positive. That helps." Mm -hmm. Because yeah, well, maybe it does some people. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Bible says that there's life in our words. That there's life and death in our words. But that's one scripture. The right. Bible is multifaceted. The Bible is multidimensional. Right, the Word of right. God it hits you from hits you from every side, from the joy to the sorrow to the the weeping and the mourning to the uh, laughter and you know the bible talks about there's a time for every season and listening to your story reminds people it's okay and i was blessed to have people in the church that uh went to intercession for me mm, and that's so important and when i wasn't feeling it mm -hmm. they they did Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They prayed. They they anointed me with oil, which, by the way, was a huge, huge thing to me. It, yeah. Not that the power was in the oil, but it was in their faith. Yeah. And I had never even thought. I mean, years ago, I would have scoffed at that. Mm -hmm. And but after it happened, I was like, wow, that's just amazing. Do you feel like it was kind of a, a humbling experience? Oh my goodness, it was. I've never felt. To this day, the Holy Spirit actually descend on a group of people. Mm -hmm. I felt lifted. Wow. It was amazing. And, you know, the thing was, after going through all that and having Robert and, you know, a young marriage, we'd only been married six years. Mm. I mean, when you think you've got a young couple... All of a sudden, they've got this to deal with. They've mm -hmm. got young children. Hannah was doing her little cheerleading. I mm -hmm. couldn't take her to practice. Somebody mm -hmm. had to pick that up. So it was really rough. But when we got to the point that the chemo quit working, 
they did not want to do the surgery. They didn't want to take my lung completely. Mm-hmm. They said that, well, for one thing, it probably wouldn't extend my life any. But, you know, there was always, they didn't know what was in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I begged and pleaded, and, and they finally agreed to do it. Because I had a team, you know, a team of doctors. They finally decided to do that. They went in there and found that the cancer was in the entire lung and had spread to my lymph nodes on the left side of my esophagus. Mm-hmm. But it was so close to the pulmonary artery they came out in the middle of surgery wanting to know if they wanted my family wanted to continue. Mm-hmm. And they said, Yeah, I mean that's what I would want. Yeah. So they did. So I came out of surgery minus a lung. Do you still have only one lung? I only have one lung. And um, they sent me to recovery. The last time I remember seeing that female oncologist, which is, she's the bomb, I have to say. (laughs) uh, She told me, because she knew me back then, and she talked really plain. Yeah. And I said, well, is it gone? She says, yes, but we don't know what's going to happen now. Mm -hmm. And she said, I won't do palliative care, Mm -hmm. if that's what you're afraid of. Because I didn't want that. Right. So what is palliative care? Palliative care is basically care until death. Okay. They will keep you comfortable, Mm -hmm. do whatever they need to do in your last days. So it's pretty much like the hospice? Right. I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. You know, but I did, uh, before that, during chemo, I did have uh, home care come in. They had to give me shots and Mm -hmm. different things. Really sweet people. Mm -hmm. Um, But just... I was so blessed during that time, and I didn't even see it. Yeah. I have so many amazing stories of that time. But, um, yeah, and we did that. They took my lung. My grandmother took me in instead of me going to a nursing home, took me and Robert. Mm -hmm. She wanted me to be able to be close to Robert. But during that time, I didn't know whether I was going to live or die. I didn't want to be close to him. I didn't want him to get attached to me. Mm -hmm. And from a mother's perspective, that is such a sacrifice that's a huge sacrifice and um, just seeing you now getting just getting emotional just thinking about that um, God covered you in grace because Robert has turned out to be an amazing young man and just watching him and Trampus Lee with you 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 can tell they love their mama and you can tell yes and it's like god it it says that he would be a father to the fatherless a mother to the motherless and it's like god was you does that make sense like he covered robert with your love for you while you were while you were weak and just watching the strength you have a silent strength you're not a loud person um, when I first met you, I know that you can get loud. Oh, yeah, my children would argue but, that point. <laughs> but when we would be, like, coming into games and first getting to know you, you weren't just somebody like, hey, hey, hey. When I first met you, you were rather quiet and stuff. And um, you just had a quiet strength about you. It wasn't like a, bless the Lord. You, you're not <laughs> yeah. like me. I'm like, let's pray right now. <laughs> you are more like, well, honey, sweetheart, let's just pray. And that's what I got from you was just this quiet strength from you. And I see it in your children. I see that. And, of course, Robert's rather loud and Gracie's rather loud. Exactly. But, you know, Gracie was with Cassie and me for about a year or so mm-hmm. um, going to school. And, and she was just, um, she was a joy. She was such a joy being with her and getting to know her. 
that way and Trampus Lee was with us for a little while right. and he was more quiet but yet if he believed something whether you believed it or not he stood no matter what it was and you passed that on to your children um, when you were going through this are there a few scriptures that really stood out to you well the first time I ever heard Jeremiah 29 11 Brother David Bullock, which was a rock during that time. He's an amazing man. He, he loved him uh, and his wife. He was the first one to ever tell me that scripture because I was struggling with my faith and I knew it. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I do believe this and I know we're coming to the end of our time and this story just never ends. Somebody needs to hear what you got to say. Um, we had, I told him I was struggling with my faith and he said it would be okay. Mm-hmm. But he gave me that scripture, and it bothered me that I couldn't remember where it was at in the Bible, so I called him back, and he told me what it was. Um, that, and there was just some in Psalms. Of course, everyone goes to Psalms. Mm -hmm. But just know when they said, you are the rock, you're the rock, that I, the high tower mm -hmm. that I look over, and you will give me this strength and this comfort Wow. It was just so amazing. It's it's what I had to hear. I had to know that. You're getting me emotional now. <laughs> and I had to know before I went in to that surgery, um, the first surgery I had, I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, either way this goes, I win. Mm -hmm. If I stay here, I get to raise my kids. If I don't, I'm going to heaven. Mm -hmm. And it was the way that I knew I won. But I worried about, although I worried about my children, I know that whether we live or die isn't about us. That's right. You know, we impact so many people in our life. Mm -hmm. And we give, we give more than what we know. And if my children had to live without me, he knew that was, he knew the reason. Yeah. Luckily that didn't happen and I'm blessed every year they have a birthday. Because I prayed for Robert's first, and then his second, and then his third. Now he's almost to the point of getting driver's license. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, and we're coming to an end here, but the story, like I said, it, man, I ended up getting cancer. It spread. I ended up getting two lesions on my brain. After that, I went about, that was October. At the end of October, I left my grandmother's house and went back home. And I had a doctor here in Somerset who is also the bomb. <laughs> and he was very optimistic and very helpful. Put me on some low dose of chemo that was much easier. And after that, I did have some radiation to my chest area and my esophagus. So I went through a few, more than a few struggles mm -hmm. during that time. But throughout the year, it came to be early spring again and I was going to go back to work because it was still my plan, not God's, you know. Mm -hmm. I was going to go back to work and it was going to all go back to normal. I went to apply for my job, which she told me I definitely had, but I had to fill out another application. I got in there and I thought, my hand isn't working right. I can't hardly write. It's just so weird. And... The next, I went, my mom had the kids, and I went back, and I'm like, oh, it's so strange. I, I couldn't hardly write. And this was probably April, mm -hmm. and it was getting close to Easter. 
and uh, I noticed from day to day I just my right side wasn't working it wasn't cooperating so by Easter I thought I'm gonna let the kids we're gonna Easter egg hunt we're gonna go to church we're gonna Easter egg hunt and then I'm going to the hospital mm -hmm. I knew what it was the cancer was back yeah so I had Trampus take me that night and I told him in the uh, waiting area, I said, it's back, Trampus. Oh, he said, we don't know that, we don't know that. But you know your body. I said, it is. Mm -hmm. And I said, we're gonna be going on through this again. And so they took me back and I said, I need you, you know, I, just, I told him what to do. And I called my dad because my dad had been all through this with me. He was absolutely excellent, mm -hmm. absolutely excellent. I called him and I apologized to him. I was like, here we go again, because they have. Yeah. And they did. They found two lesions on the left side of my brain, which affects your right. Mm -hmm. But I was blessed because the best brain surgeon, one of the best in the world, is in Somerset. Yeah. Or he was at the time. I don't mm -hmm. know if he's still here. Mm -hmm. but, and I had to wait, of course, because he was the best. Mm -hmm. But by the time he came around, I had... You know, I watched my hand draw up to my chest where I put music. Bless you, Jesus. And just barely navigated Walker. Yeah. And I acted awful. I acted ugly. So you went through it again. You Just because you'd made it through and come out stronger didn't mean you went in strong with this one. No. And, you know, rehab, they did the surgery, removed them. Yeah. And, um, but the rehab was very hard. The hardest thing I ever went through were teaching your, your nerves and your body to do mm -hmm. what it had to do. And, you know, it's very humbling. And I needed the humbling. Mm -hmm. I needed the humbling. When, you know, in my lifetime, I had been a CNA, which is a nursing assistant, and I had worked with people with disabilities and I had been the one helping them get dressed. Yeah. I had been the one cleaning them up and I wasn't always in the right state of mind as I should have been when I was doing that because mm -hmm. when I had asked somebody to help me and to help bathe me, yeah. it really brings things into perspective and I felt so humbled. Yeah. And I needed that. The Lord blessed me by giving me that. Not too many people would look at it that way. I had to know. I felt so much guilt. Mm. Uh, you know, and the funny part is, uh, I was in rehab in the hospital, and Trampus brought the kids to visit, and Hannah looked like a little orphan. <laughs> and I was like, I told the doctor, I said, I need to check out of here. I'm going home. And I left early. And my rehab, I did do some um, outside rehab, but my, a lot of my rehab was just folding towels, and Trampus helped me around the house, and we got through it. Yeah. Well, then they had to do full brain radiation, which I threw a real tantrum because you're not, I had just got my hair back from all mm -hmm, the chemo. Mm -hmm. And you're not supposed to get your hair back after full brain radiation. Well, you've got your hair. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what caused that is ironic because they had told me, whatever you do, do not get pregnant again. Do not get pregnant again. I was on birth control and, um, I had just finished full brain radiation, and my sister came to visit, and she says, Tara, are you pregnant? <laughs> I said, no, 
are you crazy? I'm not pregnant. And she said, you are going to take a pregnancy test right now. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. She took me to the dollar store. So we take the test at home. Surely I was. And I wasn't a little pregnant. So I went to uh, my, my oncologist. And he said, you have to abort this baby. You have to. He said, it, it, it'll kill you. It'll kill you and the baby will have something wrong with her because of the all the chemo and you can't you can't have this baby. And that goes back to the story didn't end with Robert. No. <laughs> it did not. And the nurse just cried. But she came and I had half an ovary, got pregnant with half an ovary. One lung, half an ovary. And she was the easiest birth I ever had. <laughs> Honey, after everything you'd already been through. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the Lord just gave me back the time I didn't have with Robert with having her that's why she spoiled rotten I guess <laughs> she's a great kid but it's so for that woman that is listening to this and this folks you, this is not the end of the story Tara and I were just um, chatting before we started recording and, and she told me she said Crystal there's so many stories within a story and she was talking about how when you share this, she shared this with thousands of people, um, her story, and impacted many, many lives. And she said that when you're telling the story, you're seeing from the outside. And she said, but I've lived on the inside, and there's so many layers of the story. And uh, this is just the parts that we were sharing today because we know that it's the part that somebody needs to hear whenever you listen to this. But um, Tara, it's really cool that uh, two of some of the toughest kids I've ever met in my life. I, rem I remember Robert just little bitty set literally saying to daddy, put me in coach. Mm -hmm. That song should have been written about Robbie. <laughs> put me in coach. I'm ready to play today. And he was, he was probably barely three feet tall. Oh, the basketball was bigger than him. He did not care. He was the mascot. He, he wanted <laughs> in to play. And then you have Gracie who is, I mean, all four of your children are absolutely amazing kids. I love them. I'm partial to them. And um, I don't blame you. <laughs> And then you've got Gracie. It's no wonder she's a fighter. I mean, people have no clue. They have no clue. When God has a purpose for something, there's no devil in hell no, that can keep it not. from happening. Uh, there is not. And, you know, I rebuked Satan till I know my grandparents thought I was crazy. <laughs> I hollered out, you know, Lord, take this and throw it into this ocean as far as the east is from the west. Dear Lord, and I rebuke you, Satan. You know, and I, it, I mean, I was just on it. It was going to happen. <laughs> Tara, I've had such a good time talking to you. And like I said, uh, folks, there is, you ladies should know, there's so much more to her story. But, um, I just, Tara, I want you to say something to that lady who is listening to this. And she might not be sick physically. Maybe she's dealing with depression or oppression or something that is because mental illnesses can debilitate us physically. Um, whatever that lady is going through and facing today, I want you to give her just a word of it's okay, giving her permission 
to be human and to be weak. Could you just share in a few minutes your own words talking straight to that lady that's listening to this? It's okay to be angry and it's okay to hurt. It's okay to fail with your children and your husband. It's important to realize that it's not all your fault. But it's also important to take responsibility and to know that our feelings and our emotions aren't other people's. And that we also hold a responsibility to our children as an example. And when it's hard to pull yourself up out of that bed or out of that grief or out of that anger or frustration, that the Lord will help you do that. And he will discern to you, if you are his, how to do that. You only have to make the effort. And there's always someone that will be praying for you if you only let known your needs and not to be embarrassed. I don't know because I deal with the same things every day. It's not going to go away and it may be a battle every single day of your life. But you can do that. You can do it and you can do it with the Lord. And hopefully, if you surround yourself with godly people, they will encourage you with their prayers. Tara, at this time, um, we're wrapping up, and uh, this is a little bit longer than usual, but this needs to be heard. Um, as we're wrapping up, could you just say a few seconds of prayer over the women that's going to be listening to this, please? Dear Lord, I ask you to cover the women that are hearing this. And if in any way these words can speak to someone's heart, Lord, let it be. I have prayed for discernment, Lord, to the things to say. And, and I pray that these things have reached someone out there that needs to hear it. Dear God, I just want to put a hedge of protection around women that are suffering, that need you. And Lord, I, I want for them to realize that they can come to you without fear and that you know, that you know their inner hearts and you are willing, Lord, to work with them and walk with them and even if they haven't known it, you have been already, dear Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to share my heart. And I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Tara, thank you for sharing such a, a personal journey. You're very welcome. And um, I would say I hope it touches somebody. I know it's going to. I know that somebody will be transformed, not just encouraged. They're going to be transformed through your testimony today. But um, we just appreciate you sharing your story and walking into a chapter in somebody else's story that literally will change the end 
of their story. Appreciate you very much and love you. This is your Conquer Chat episode with Conquer Tribe with Crystal York. We know that this is going to be a blessing. Go out and conquer and rep your tribe well.